0: to another episode of hobby happy hour with me bob welcome to bob story time with me your host bob on today's bonus episode i'll be reading you a short story written by me bob this is a public safety announcement the following story contains themes and topics that some may find offensive listener discretion is advised thank you The journey from Fasca's 6 to Coltara was a simple one. A couple of parsecs at best with little to no risk. The Uma, a rusting ancient transport vessel, sat waiting for takeoff. Its crew were small. A pilot, a captain, first mate, a navigator, a couple of soldiers, a cook and an engineer to keep things running. All green, ma'am! Gotchi shouted up to the top decks. A short, slim woman, blonde hair, blue eyes, the best pilot the Uma had seen in years, Despite her short term on the ship, relatively speaking, she'd become close friends with most of the crew. She was young, childlike in appearance and demeanour, naive at times, but her skills at the helm were second to none. Put it to full speed and hold on to your breastplates, gals, Captain Kiki shouted across the intercom. She'd captained the humour for just over a decade. Tall, lean, shaved head, tattoos. Some would say attractive, but a greasy tank top and oil-stained cargo pants showed how little she cared. "'We've got a literal fuck-tonne of ore to deliver, and I don't know about you, but I can smell money, girls!' The humour had always been a girls-only club. That's just the way it was, and always had been. Just made sense now, why break the rules of a lifetime? "'Captain, I may be but a humble reader of maps, and a course we've traversed a thousand times.' "'But could you at least humour me with your opinion?' Tero spat through the comms from her perch, isolated from the rest of the crew. It was an odd set-up for a ship in the 41st millennium, but a 360 view around them had given advantages over pirates and thieves in the past. She was a slight thing, a waif of a woman. Too much time in zero, gravity had left her skin and bone, with a permanent gaunt grin plastered from ear to ear. "'Tero, how's the path looking?' Kiki shouted. Tero sighed deeply, exasperated. "Uh, The path is clear. The engines rumbled through the depths of the ship, before the humor blasted straight up into the inky black. Minutes went by before they were far enough from the planet to turn on the plasma drive so they could cruise quietly to their destination. True, they could risk navigating through the warp, but why bother? It was a couple weeks trip and they were in no hurry. "'apathy had started to creep in "'since the start of their last contract. Three whole years of the same route "'had taken its toll on the ship's navigator. "'Navi's Nobelite. "'The name used to hold sway, "'and she was used to being held in such high regard. "'Not here, not anymore. "'No warp travel meant no need for her insight, "'and so she was tasked with "'keeping an eye out for trouble. "'Not a particularly noble job, to say the least. "'She scoffed to herself.' Uh, We used to travel across the stars, the warp, the galaxy. Now we are just glorified delivery men. (laughs) Sorry, delivery women. She laughed to herself. She quickly turned. She could have sworn she heard something. Laughter, moaning, screaming. She shrugged, turning back to staring out into space. Boredom had a way of messing with the mind out in the voids of space. Kiki had always been one to play it safe reduce the risk, increase the reward. It was a simple plan. But even she had begun to become bored of this contract. Complacent, back and forth they shifted all from one planet to another and then back again to pick up more. Unmay, the ship's first mate, had served under Kiki for as long as she could remember. A stocky woman, a large scar running down the left of her face from an attempted mutiny from years before. Captain, the are amongst the crew this contract is coming to an end and I've got to say they've grown a little accustomed to the easy life, Unmay chuckled. I don't think they'd know what real work is if it bit them in the arse. Kiki smiled knowingly. Boredom had a way of eating away at you. Made you lazy, complacent, and she knew at some stage this easy ride must come to an end. You're right, Amnay, but what do you suggest we do about that? I'm suggesting nothing, Captain. She crunched down in an Altharian frample, the rich juice dribbling down her chins. Just a statement. Wouldn't want any trouble to come as a short to you before you had a chance to nip it in the bud, so to speak. She scratched her scar suggestively. The last time there'd been an uprising, she'd had to take down half the crew, and although killing a few pirates never bothered her, crew tended to start feeling like family very quick in the depths of space. Uh, Captain, may I borrow you... Terror screeched over the intercom. Unmay scowled. She'd never trusted the ship's navigator. Navigators in general unnerved her. Twisted freaks, mutants, plotting and scheming behind closed doors. There was an old wives' tale she'd heard growing up on the snow-covered beaches of Yukiokami that the navigator's third eye could see right into your soul. The thought of that creature sat up there, spying down on her. It ate away at her from the inside out like an itch you just can't quite scratch, niggling at the back of your mind. Kiki sighed. She too loathed, Taro, arrogant and entitled, but she'd always guided the humour wherever it needed to go safely, and she trusted her. Yes, Taro, what do you want? Kiki barked. "'I'm seeing some warp disturbances way off course on the starboard side, Captain. "'Probably nothing, but I thought it best to inform you of any irregularities.' She hissed through the speakers, feedback echoing painfully around the ship, rattling through the skulls of the crew. Kiki winced. "'Thank you, Tero. Your insight is, as always, overwhelmingly fucking helpful.' Uh, no wanting to overstep my boundaries, Captain, but she needs getting rid.' Unmay took another juicy bite out of her frample, before wiping the juice on her sleeve and chucking the core into the waste disposal. "'Hmm, duly noted.' Kiki gently placed her fingers on her temple. She needed to think. Any disturbance that was warp-related was worth taking note of. It was already unpredictable, and she knew from experience what lay in wait amongst the swirling clouds and lights.' She kept warp travel to a bare minimum, but Terrow and a surprisingly stable Gellerfield generator that came with the ship always saw them through safely. She'd never seen much through the thick glass of the helm, but she swore she'd seen a grin and a pair of eyes staring back at her and the noises, the metallic groans and creaks always sounded more like laughter or screams, both. Her whole body shuddered at the thought of it. Those eyes... They were always there when she closed hers, when she stopped. I need to think. I'll be in my quarters. Keep the crew entertained. It's only a couple of weeks' trip and I'd like smooth sailing, if at all possible. I can No bother. Unmay strutted out, grabbing a fistful of glistening Faroozian drumbles, stuffing one hole into her mouth as she passed. Kiki staggered into her quarters and turned the lights off. Her head was pounding. Oh, fucking terror. she muttered. That feedback screech had sparked a migraine, and she could feel it pulsating behind her eyes. Grabbing a bottle, she started to pour a large glass of Varaxian gin, anything to take the edge off. The liquid filled the room with a soft green glow as she swirled it in front of her before taking large, thirsty gulps. The cool liquor burned her throat as she swallowed. One swig, two swigs, another glass. She wobbled on her feet as the room started to spin, but the migraine continued to pound, squeezing her temples. She closed her eyes. The pain sharpened as lights started dancing in front of her. The lights swirling and dancing around. Green, then blue, then purple, then blue again. Laughter. She swore she could hear laughter. The lights settled in front of her, two of them staring back at her. She blinked, squeezing her eyes tight shut, but they continued to flit about in front of her, behind her skull, in her brain. She, she could feel them staring, them staring laughing, screaming. screaming. Catton! Hunmay banged on her door. She opened her eyes. Time was impossible to track in the depths of space. Had she been asleep? Was she dreaming? The bottle lay empty at her side, and she could feel the familiar dull ache too much for Axiom gin gave. She'd grab some hair of the dog from the mess hall banging echoed through her skull again as she winced. Carton, a word! Kiki slid the door open, staring blankly through Unmei. What could you possibly want? You're gonna want to see this, Carton. Unmay's eyes were wide. The whole crew had gathered in the mess hall. Even Terror had slithered down to report what she'd seen. Nervous chattering filled the air. There was definitely something of interest out there and Kiki could smell it. What in the Emperor's name is going on here? The room fell quiet. Well, you see, Captain, it would appear... Terror was cut short. It's a space hulk, ma'am! shouted Gotchi, cutting everyone off. What do you mean, a space hulk? Kiki muttered. Her fingers rubbed her aching brain as she poured out another fresh, cold, glowing gin. Uh, Sorry, Captain. It looks as though they fell out of the warp. "'I'm sensing more just through the rift as well. Uh, "'A couple of the ladies have already been out "'and picked up what appears to be lorelei crystals from the Calidar system.' Taro creaked, her gaunt lip spread stretched thin across her black rotted teeth. "'To call it valuable is uh, probably an understatement.' "'We're <laughs> rich, Mom!' Gotchy skipped around the mess hall "'while the rest of the crew shifted uneasily from one foot to another.' Kiki sat back in her chair, her ragged boots tapping impatiently. "'So, so we're all clear. You left the ship, stole a highly sought-after and valuable resource, did not once think to fucking wake me up and just run it past me. Then, then, you seem to think I'm going to be happy with this.' Unmay looked down at her feet. Uh, "'Carton, you were indisposed.' I made an executive decision, but we're back on course. Maybe delayed by a day, two tops. Listen, we have a very strict schedule. If we're late, then our buyers may go elsewhere. And we lose the cushiest job we have ever had. Kiki sighed. How much is it that you've retrieved worth anyway? Eight million credits. Gotchi whispered. That's like a million credits each. I mean, that's enough to retire on. Kiki looked up, her eyes wide. And you say that there's more just beyond the rift. Can, it's near worth that risk. Fuck knows what's on the other side. Unmay shovelled another drumble into her mouth, crumbs bouncing off her belly onto the floor. Bhutan, the cruise engineer, stepped forward, lifting the goggles off her face. Black with grime and grease. She was big and she was strong. Big black mohawk greased backwards and face filled with tattoos of gears and machinery. With all respect, you know I'm not one to overstep the mark, but I am strongly against going through that rift. Her eyes were wide, her face serious. I've known people go through and never come back. And the ones that do, they ain't the same. With all respect... "'Nobody is asking you to come along for the ride,' Kiki snapped, "'taking a large swig down in the rest of her glass. "'Tero, can you see how much is on the other side?' "'Tero's eyes widened, a grin stretching across her gaunt face. "'Um, well, I can't be certain.' "'In truth, she couldn't even make an educated guess. Uh, "'But if my estimations are correct,' At least ten times the mass in terms of debris, uh, possibly ten times the ships, ten times the lorelei. Finally, the recognition deserving of a navigator of a station. Eighty million credits. Kiki twitched. Ten million each. She grabbed a ganther root roll up off the side and took a bite, the sweet pulp sticking to her teeth. She poured another gin. I think, girls, that we could all be incredibly rich off the back of this little excursion, and I don't know about you, but I'm a little tired of shifting off from the back end of Bumblefuck to the other. The crew looked around nervously. Through the warp? A voice whispered. Yes, through the fucking warp. We've done it before, We'll do it again. We've had it far too easy on this job, and frankly, I am tired of the lackadaisical, yellow-bellied nonsense that's been creeping about this place. We're going. If you don't like it, there's the escape shawl. Kiki took a sip, the green glow illuminating a stern glare. Well then, respectfully, Captain, I'll be leaving. Bhutan gave a half-arse salute and left followed by the ship's cook and the hired guns. "'You can keep the mill. I've got family waiting for me, "'and nothing's worse the crazy crap hiding in that hellscape.' "'Well, fuck off, then!' Kiki screamed as the 4X crew boarded the emergency shuttle and drifted away from the ship. "'Silence. A cold, lonely silence echoed through the humour, "'with Gotchi at the wheel and Terror up in her nest. "'It left just Kiki and Unmay in the mess hall. "'They worked together for as long as they could remember. "'They were more than just colleagues.' They were friends. One of the few people Kiki trusted implicitly. They had begged, borrowed and stolen to get where they were. Unmay had served in the Astra Militarum before joining Kiki, way back when. But it was a time in her life she didn't and wouldn't talk about it. She'd sometimes catch her staring off into space, her eyes blank as if reliving some horror. Kiki poured a tall glass of Calthian corn whiskey. It had a real kick to it. Supposedly the deep cave systems beneath Kalth's surface were the perfect environment for the distillation process, but Kiki didn't really care. It reminded her of home, of Kalth, a time before the desperation, before the greed took hold. She'd go hunting for cave Pharaoh Beast with her friends, tiny versions of the native creatures of Yimbo Bim, easily lured in with a lump of iron and tasted like a sweeter version of Grox, simpler times. They'd sit around the fire, share a drink, back when drinking was fun, before alcohol became just another way to drown out the noise. She ran her hands across the tattoos up her arm, each one a marking of something gained, or something lost, a friend, a reminder of a better time, or a time not to be forgotten. She lied, she'd stolen, and she'd killed to get what she wanted, to survive, and soon, soon it would all be over. It could all stop, and she could drink all the Quadizian wine she could get her hands on relaxing in the sun on Cyprian's Gate. "'So, Carton, we're going in then?' Unmay shifted uncomfortably in her seat, shoveling another slice of grox down her gullet, wiping the grease onto her sleeve. "'That would be the plan, Tero,' she muttered into the intercom. "'How close are we?' Um close enough to initiate the Gellerfield, Captain, in my professional opinion, Terra whispered. She stared ahead into the void. She knew this had to go perfectly. She had a point to prove, but could see they were in for a rough ride. I would also highly advise buckling up, Captain. This will not be a smooth journey. Got she speak to me. We ready? Kiki poured out a glass of trank. He had a little something extra to help knock her out till they got to the other side. She could already feel those eyes staring through her soul. They could see everything that she was. The fear, the doubt, the greed, the desire. The Getherfield, all shipshape. We ready? Yes, ma'am. Bhutan did a hell of a job down here. Everything looks perfect to me. God, she shouted excitedly down the intercom. She was nervous. She'd never been through the warp and she'd heard stories. Many stories, but the captain didn't seem scared, so it must be okay. All green? We ready? Kiki downed her trunk and fastened herself in tightly. Twenty million credits. Fasten your seatbelts and hold onto your breastplates, ladies. I smell money. She shouted loudly as she felt reality shift beneath them. The words simultaneously the loudest thing in the galaxy and unbearably quiet all at once. Darkness swallowed her up as she drifted off. The last thing she heard was laughter. or screaming. It was too loud to tell. Such noise suffocated her. Hysterical, maniacal noise drowned out everything else. All sense of self. All sense of purpose. All concept of reality dripping away into a void of everything and nothing. Impossible to tell. The walls dripped with it, the noise, she couldn't breathe, it was so loud. It pierced her mind, her soul, the eyes everywhere staring into her, through her, from her. Then nothing, silence, Silence. that deep, echoing silence that clings to the very fibre of your being. Cotton, cotton, for fuck's sake, cotton. Kiki opened her eyes, smoke filled her lungs and stung her eyes, coughing and spluttering. What in holy terrors fuck is happening? Kiki pulled at her buckles, keeping her in a seat. Honmei pulled her up, checking her face and head for blood. The engine carton, for lack of a better word, is well and truly fucked. Honmei was covered in blood and dirt. She had a large gash running the length of her arm. Can you walk? Stumbling forward, she grabbed her shoulder for support. Yes, yes, I think, I think I can. The crew? Kiki stuttered. Hey, well, luckily there's nobody left on board. Taro's unsurprisingly fine, but Gotchi is in a bad way. She gestured towards one of the tables in the kitchen where Gotchi was laid. Bloodied bandages covered her arms and legs, and what looked like a large gash across her stomach. A single crimson stream trickled from her lips down her pale face. Ah, oh, Gotchi, look at me. Can you hear me? Kiki rushed over, holding her shoulders, looking down at her. "'Yes, ma'am. It's all green.' She stuttered, little dribbles of brilliant red spotted across her cheek and matte in her hair. Coughing as she tried to force a smile, she put her hand on Kiki's. "'It's... it's all green. "'Shh, just... just rest, okay? "'We need you to get back, so <laughs> don't you dare die on me. "'I don't know how to spend your share.' Smiling, she squeezed her hand back. "'You, you don't have to tell me twice, ma'am. I am tired. The little pilot closed her eyes, her breathing shallow but regular. So, Unmay, um, what, what's the plan? Kiki turned to her first mate. A very real look of fear washed over her face as she realised what this meant. Unmay had already opened a pack of corn paste and was licking it off her stubby, dirty fingers. Mouth filled with a pale, sticky paste, she muttered, "'Best start praying to the Emperor of Mankind to show up. "'Ain't no mechanic, Carton, and the humour is well and truly fucked. "'Fuck!' Kiki looked around maniacally. "'Top shelf, Carton.' "'She gestured vaguely while stuffing another fistful of paste in her face, "'half of it smeared across her cheek. "'Grabbing a bottle, she pops off the cork. "'Best crack out the ranker then, eh?' The captain took a large swig and wandered off to her quarters. I think I need a rest. Just uh, keep an eye on Gotchi, will you? Slamming the door behind, she slumped to the floor, gulping huge swigs of the Rheinka, the rich dark yellow brandy burning down her throat, the subtle bouquet filling her nose. Tears streamed down her face, sobbing alone, the darkness creeping all over. The silence filling her paws, assaulting her eardrums. She felt herself slipping away again. She braced herself for the eyes. There was judging eyes. They saw her sins, her mistakes, the decisions that she'd made, the people she'd hurt. But there was nothing, no laughter, no eyes. The bottle fell down empty at her side and she looked around, puzzled. Well, silver linings, I guess. Uma, play music. Her personal playlist had been something she'd forgotten about. Music in general is something she'd barely entertained since her teenage years on Calth. It was as edgy as it ever had been. Pound music, popular amongst the mutants, had always been the trend. The heavy bass had an amazing way of vibrating through you. Computer, volume up. The sound engulfed her, drowning out everything around her. All the pain, the suffering she'd caused just outside of that door threw herself on the bed, opening up the Varaxian gin, holding the bottle up to her lips. The room span as the green glow swallowed her up. Computer, louder, she shouted over the noise as the bass pounded harder, the walls reverberating with the beat. Laughing through the tears, she screamed, Max volume! Holding the bottle high, the glowing liquid, "'dribbling down her face and staining her vest. "'Fuck.' "'She whispered loudly as the room danced around her. "'She closed her eyes and slipped away. "'Hours passed. "'Or was it days? "'It was so hard to tell as they drifted amongst the flotsam and jetsam. "'Crates of precious crystals and frozen corpses "'floated by the windows as chunks of space hulks rotted in the void. "'They'd reached their destination.' and there were treasures to behold. But somehow, that all seemed a little irrelevant now. Her whole body ached as if she'd ran a marathon, her brain pounding, her clothes torn and stained, empty bottles and smashed glass covering the floor. Um, how is everyone doing? Kiki buzzed over the intercom. Hey, welcome back, Captain. Could you grace us with your presence? We have a problem. Unmei muttered back. Gotchi laid there on the counter of the kitchen, her clothes stained with dry blood, the bandages yellow and crusted. Her eyes glazed over as she lifted her head up slightly. Kiki burst into the kitchen. Mom, am I glad to see you? We're both getting mighty hungry. I could really do with a bite. "Ah, Don't worry, I'm sure we've got plenty in storage. She ran her fingers through Gochi's hair, you're going to be just fine. Hey, about that carton. Hunmei gestured her over to the freezer room and opened the door and walked Kiki inside. A foul stench filled her nostrils. Her eyes watered as it penetrated into to the core. <clears throat> she gagged as she looked around her. It was a mess. Open packages, tins, cans, bottles, meat and grains thrown around the whole room. <sighs> what? What happened here? Well, Carton, you've been hunkered down in your quarters for a few days now, and while we were all quietly slumbering, someone has ransacked the storage room. And, since we're on the emergency power to stop us all from suffocating and freezing out here amongst the rest of these uh, corpses, the, uh, the frozen stuff has all ceased to be frozen. So, no frozen food, no sealed food, it's all been fucking opened. So, to summarise, it's fucked. We're fucked. This whole situation is uh, fucked. I lifted a storage box and launched it across the room before putting what appeared to be a, a fourth fish shaped dent in the freezer door. Now, you've gotten us into some serious shite before, Carton. But unless we get that engine up and running, we die out here. And I swear, if that terror shows a greasy, weasly little face outside of that room, I'm going to insert her head inside of herself and launch it out of the airlock. Kiki looked around. It didn't make any sense. Why would Tero do this? Single-handedly destined them to a slow, painful death as they starved out here in the middle of a Space Hulk graveyard. Despite her massive superiority complex, she'd never thought she'd be capable of this madness. Look, leave it with me. Listen, I've got this. We've got this. You look after Gochi, she needs us to help her through this. I need you to help her through this. We need her to get home. I'm going to find Taro and I'm going to fix the engine. Uma has never let us down. No. Kiki dashed out of the door, placing a hand on Gochi's shoulder. Hey, kid, look after her, mate. She's no. really not doing so great, and she needs you. I need you to be okay, okay? Okay. okay. Goji looked up, smiling weakly. Yep, all green, ma'am. Marching out of the kitchen, she headed up towards the nest. That scheming, worthless little rat. She'd find her. Then she'd put a bolt right through that third eye of hers. How could she do this to us? To her? To them? Plasma rifle in hand, she stormed towards the stairwell leading up to her dank little pit. The doors clearly sealed shut from the inside. Taro, Taro, you fucking mutant freak. Get your ass out here. Kiki screamed as she banged her fists on the door. Nothing, not even a rustle. With the power out, there was no way she was going to be able to force the door from the outside. Not if that slimy freak didn't want her to. She screamed, screamed so loud it felt like it shifted the space around her. So loud it seemed to shake the walls and pipes throughout Uma. Falling to her knees, she slammed the fists against the door. Her screams drowning out reality itself. Her voice cracked. More of a squeak than a scream now. Her throat sore and bloodied as it rasped and grated. Her lungs pushing more and more air through her shredded vocal cords. Silence. She picked herself up and quietly walked towards the engine room, towards the back of the ship. She grabbed a few supplies and away way out of the kitchen. This was not going to be a quick fix. There was a lot of work to do, and it could take weeks. Weeks they probably didn't have. The days passed by deep in the belly of Uma. Just Kiki and Ume over the intercom. She needed to stay with Gochi to keep her watered and to change her dressings. Weeks had probably passed by, and the cold had started to creep in. They could see their breath in front of their faces. Little trickles of steam billowing past her eyes with every little breath. At least they still had that breath. Oxygen. For now. She hadn't eaten a thing in a week. And she was feeling it. Her arms felt weak and light and heavy all at once. Her eyes dull and her mind playing tricks on her in the dark. Movement. Was it tarot? She'd stopped caring at that point. She hadn't the energy for all that rage right now. She just wanted to eat. How, how are you doing, buddy? She whispered over the comms. Hey, um, I've been better, Kiki. Hunmei murmured. Got gotcha. Kiki's voice was weak and hoarse. The days had passed, but her throat was shredded. Hey, um, she's been better. Are you nearly done down there? Her voice was distant, soft, harsh—all in one. I—I I think so. I've got this, okay? okay? I've got this. She swallowed the lump in her throat. I—I I think we're past that now, Kiki. Almost. Voice drifted off. On me. On me. On me voice breaking up as tears welled up in her sore, tired eyes. Silence. Silence. What felt like hours, maybe days, went by. And then, out of nowhere, with one last turn of the wrench and a weakened kick, the engine spat into life. Uma burst back into life. Warmth and light started to fill the cold, silent corridors. Hope. Hope had started to fill Uma from bow to stern, and with that Kiki felt a boost of energy. She'd go up to the nest, she'd put a bolt through Tero's head, and then she'd go to the kitchen. She'd hid a bottle of Theosophist's filter inside the air duct inside the kitchen years back, and had been saving it for a celebration. She smiled. Got she should have recovered by now, and the three of them could all pour a glass and celebrate. Hell. Once they've managed to pick themselves up, they could even quickly grab a couple of extra boxes of Lorelei crystals and live like queens on some paradise world. She paused. Shit, she muttered. They needed tarot to get back through the rift safely. In light of the situation, she thought she could perhaps forgive and forget. A theology she'd never really got on board with, but surviving a near-death experience will do that to a girl. She skipped towards the nest door. Tero, Tero, she croaked. It's fine. We forgive you. Just come out. The first thing that hit her was the smell. Navigators weren't exactly known for their hygiene. Her heart sank. This smell was different. Putrid. Rotting flesh. Death. Tero? There she was, slumped in a chair. Her already taut skin dried and shriveled. Her neck clearly snapped, her head dangled precariously off her shoulders, a slither of skin holding it in place. This wasn't recent, she must have been like this for weeks. She was almost completely mummified, most likely died during the ride through the warp. Maybe that's why the engine failed. The brake was clean though. How could a little turbulence cause such a clean brake? Those looked like claw marks on the walls and the ceilings. She stumbled back through the door. It would still be fine, she thought. As long as Gochi still had the coordinates, they could just retrace their route and go back the way they came. It would all still work out. She'd break the news to them gently. No need to dampen anybody's spirits. This was a time for the three girls to come together and celebrate. They'd done it. They'd survived. Kiki burst through the kitchen door, throwing her rifle down on the floor. One was standing with her back to her, leaning over Gochi. It looked like she was changing her dressing or something. Hunmei, we did it. We survived, I, Kiki stopped. Her face dropped. Gochi's face. Her eyes were glazed over. Her skin, pale. Gochi? I'm so sorry, Kiki. Hunmei's head was down. Her back still facing her. The smell. That familiar smell. It filled her nose and smothered her from head to toe. She couldn't quite place it, reminding her of fires and friends, of home, almost. Certainly wasn't the smell of decay, of death, reminiscent of her times around the campfires of Kalf. The smell you only get when roasting a freshly shot and butchered kill, but not the smell of any animal Kiki could recall. On me, where did you find food? Kiki crept forward, her heart in her throat. The smell engulfed her entirely, clouding her starving mind. Unmay, where did you find food? Kiki, I'm so sorry. Unmay turned to look at her captain. Tears filled her eyes, her hands and face stained crimson, her clothes dripping with blood and gore. I'm just so hungry. Gotji's face stared blankly back at her. A deep, razor-thin cut ran across her throat. The rest of her hung from hook's litter in the kitchen. Kiki dropped to her knees and heaved, her empty stomach retching as she tried to push words out of her mouth. Silence. Sticky, greasy silence crept along the floor, dripping from the walls and countertops. It filled the room. It answered all the questions. It echoed throughout the whole of Uma as it drifted softly amongst the corpses and crystals it would sacrificed so much to find. Days turned to weeks on Uma. The two didn't exchange a single word. They'd survived. Kiki sat quietly in the pilot's seat, slowly picking up the various stuffed animals Gochi had lovingly placed around her and hiding them out of sight. She set the course back through the great tear in space. Staring wildly into it, the swirling mass had taken so much from her. Looking over at Unmay, they exchanged a glance. It was time. The warp engine engaged. She returned her gaze back into the clouds of purple and pink and blue, writhing around in front of her. Uma lurched forwards and disappeared into the rift. Kiki smiled, laughing. Her eyes fixated on the swirling clouds in front of her. The ship creaked and groaned, screaming under the pressure from the emptiness outside. Kiki's mind began to drift off. She felt her consciousness drifting away from her. The colours and bright light becoming two pinpricks in the dark. She closed her eyes. The laughter drowning out everything. The noise of the ship slowly ripping itself apart swallowed her up. Hours. Days. Weeks. Months. Who knows? Moments pass by over the course of millennia, and the eons flicker away in a second in the swirling mass of the warp. Then suddenly, silence. Kiki opened her eyes. They were through. There was Vascus Six. The whole system. The glow of the rift disappearing behind them. She slowed the engines down almost to a complete stop, looking over at Unmay. She seemed fine. Just starting to regain consciousness too. They both dragged themselves to their feet and stumbled towards each other. can We did it. Unmay squeezed Kiki tightly. Tears streaming down her face and soaking her bloodied and stained vest. We survived. Kiki squeezed her back, smiling, laughing softly. Unmey, I'm so sorry, she whispered softly in her ear. I'm just so hungry. Her grip tightened, the bones in her fingers stretched far beyond the tips, sinking them into Unmei's flabby flesh. Well, May screamed, trying to push her friend away from her, their eyes locked. Kiki's face was gaunt. her eyes huge and black, like pools that disappeared into the depths of the void. Her teeth cracked in front of her, into thousands of tiny pins. Her jaws stretched and dislocated from her face before sinking into a May's shoulder. Kiki's claws ripped deep into her back, tearing flesh and skin from bone. She writhed in her tight grip. The screams drowned out the laughter. Such noise. Such sweet cacophony. Somehow, this all made sense. Like this was how it was always meant to be. Everything had led her to this point. Preordained by some higher power that had been watching her from the beginning. It was her. It had always been her. All the desperation. The greed. The desire. All of it. Riding across the galaxy. They would call her famine and she would feast, filling the galaxy with such glorious noise. In his name, for Slanesh, hear his dirge in despair. And that was a story entitled Famine by Bob. Join us again at Bob's story corner soon. Okay, goodbye. Okay, cool. So um I hope you enjoyed that guys. That was a little short story that I wrote, just a little something. Um, I like a little bit of lore, do you know what I mean? Gets the uh, the old creative juices flowing. Nice to uh, try and do something a little bit different, I think. Um, so the idea behind this was it's like one of a four-part story, obviously based on the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, of which we all know and love. Um, and the, the plan was to sort of do a model for each of these as well, so uh, like each one's sort of based on one of the chaos gods and also based on one of the four horsemen and then i will then do a model that fits in with this um yeah that was the plan i've kind of half finished famines sort of there but fucked up the painting job and much like in true bob fashion uh pissed me off so i put it in the box and haven't looked at it for about a year so um might have to get back on that one um hope you enjoyed it Big shout-out to our Patreons, um, you fantastic human beings. Uh, Massive shout-out to Oblerone, Darcy, uh, Juniper Wynn, Jonathan, Adam, Gordon Bennett, Rasmus, Ryan, Mr. Epic Taco, Mr. Matt, Uti, James, Matthew, Corbin, Nathan, and Ursatz. Like, legit, guys, you are fantastic all of you for supporting us in the way that you do we are genuinely humbled um stay tuned uh, on the merch front as well we have some exciting news coming out soon um and don't worry jonah will be returning again and as always if you uh, want to support us or get in touch you can find us on instagram under hobby happy hour that is hobby happy hour um you can also find us on patreon just go on google type in patreon and then hobby happy hour and there we are top ones um and if you're so inclined um get in touch send us an email at the at gmail.com pop us an email pop us a message say hey say hey bob really liked your story or hey bob your story's shit please for the love of god don't do another story like this again because we don't want to hear it shit fuck you bob Um, And I'll happily take that criticism on board. I'm not an angry guy. It's fine. I can take it. Anyway, final thoughts, Jono? Uh, I'd say don't skip leg day. Yeah. Thank you, Jono. Your input is graciously appreciated. Not a problem, Bob. Also, you're fantastic and I love you. Great. Fantastic. Well, I've been Bob. And I've been Jono. And thank you for joining us at the Hobby Happy Hour. Have a fantastic day. Don't skip leg day. Don't skip leg day. Woo, yeah.